Joining us now on Texans Radio, it's General Manager Nick Casario. Nick, good morning. How are you doing today on the day off? Good morning, fellas. Doing great. How are got, you? Got your own promo, too. How about that? <laughs> <Yeah>. Exclusive <laughs> interviews with Nick Casario. How All about right. that? Not a day off for you and the coaches. You guys are hard at work today, but uh, how do you handle a day like today when the players don't practice? Yeah, it just kind of re- it's a recalibration day. Kind of go through the last sort of three days we went through on uh, Sunday kind of the first four days of practice, just where we are as a team, even though it was kind of not really a true picture because we were still kind of in an OTA, OTA version type of practice, understanding that Monday was the first opportunity for us to be in pads. So now we have three days. We've run, I don't know, almost 200 plays. So had a chance to go through those plays, kind of see you know where the competition lies. There's a lot yet in front of us. So kind of good day to get organized, maybe start to work on some other things, start to plan some of the preseason scouting, um, maybe take a look at some things on the college scouting side. So there's a lot of balls in the air, I would say, depending on who's involved in the department that's involved. But really, it's kind of get organized today for the next three days, understanding that, okay, at the end of that period, we'll have another day off. And then really, we have three days before we get ready to play the first preseason game. Mm-hmm. So we're called a week out from playing real football against an opponent. So we have to start to shift our thought process and mindset and get ready for that. Nick, your general impressions once you put the pads on. Because, like, we all talk about, and you've said it, everybody said it, it's not really football until they put the pads on. But then you put the pads on, and you start looking going, hmm, kind of like what I see. Have there been some things that have stood out to you while you've put the pads on from some of these guys here? Yeah, I think one of the things that's really important is when you do practice in pads, make sure everybody understands there's a right way to practice in pads so you can get a lot of productive work done. So staying on your feet, playing with good techniques, staying off the ground, not going below the knees. There's no cut blocks or anything like that. We're really not tackling the backs. But when you the offensive players have the ball, the defense is going to put pressure on the ball, which we've seen that over the past few days. So you start to see you know, in your mind, you train your body and your mind for really what's going to happen when you get in the course of a game. So there's a little more timing, a little better execution. There's some mistakes that are going to be made or in pass protection if you don't set inside out properly or if you don't block the TE correctly. So you can start to see some of those things because there's a physical component that goes along with that. So for the most part, the players have done a good job working with each other. We really haven't had too many dust-ups or mix-ups. So we've been able to get a good three days of productive work. So excited for the next three days to see if we continue to make progress as a team. Nick, what are you seeing so far with Davis Mills and this passing attack that you're trying to put together? Yeah, I'd say for the most part, the quarterbacks have done a good job taking care of the football. I mean, Sands maybe yesterday where the the defense was able to get their hands on the ball. But overall, the decision-making has been good. The ball placement has been good. Um, I think what you have to do as a quarterback is sort of be able to take what the defense gives you. So the way our defense plays, if depending on a route, if it's a two-man concept and they're playing the split safety coverage, there may be only so many uh, areas that you can go with the football. So, okay, let's get to the back or get to the alternative receiver. So being able to see the defense, see the adjustment, understand where you need to go with the football and doing that quickly. And one of the things that our defense has done a really good job of in training camp so far in the secondary are some of the disguises. So showing one thing pre-snap and then post-snap kind of rotating to something different. So as a quarterback, you have to be able to see that process that and understand, all right, where do I need to go with the football? So for the most part, they've done a good job, all three players. Um, you know, Davis has done that, JD's done that, and Kyle's done that as well. So I think yesterday, you know, there's some plays and throws that maybe we want to have back, but that's part of learning football and understanding what happened on the play. And just, I would say, mitigating the bad plays is the most important thing for the court from the quarterback's perspective. So through that lens, they've actually done a pretty good job of that so far. Nick, Mark and I were talking about this, and we sort of joked as we were talking about the receivers and 
oh, it's too early to talk about the 53-man roster, but yet I would imagine it's probably top of mind for you probably at all times. A, is it? And B, kind of how do you balance that out as you watch a practice and you want to instruct a player that maybe you don't see being on a 53-man roster, but yet you still want to see that guy get better? Is the 53-man roster on your mind at all times as you start thinking about getting ready for that week one? It's a great question. You're always thinking about the team, the overall composition. So some things have started to declare, declare themselves a little bit, understanding we still have – we haven't played a preseason game yet. So yep. there's see, things that we've seen to this point. There's going to be things that we see once we actually get into games. But you're always trying to plan a little bit and trying to figure out – we're going to have, call it, 70 players in some capacity that we're going to want to work with when we get to the final cutdown. So we can't keep everybody – but if we can find a way to keep players that we want to continue to work with in the program, like that's part of our job and responsibility is trying to figure out the right group of players to do that with. So the final cuts are the final cuts. The 53 will be the 53, but I wouldn't say that would necessarily be a finite resolution to what the team composition is going to look like once we actually start the season. In your experience, are there players in training camp practice who look a certain way, then the lights go on, they might not look as good or the opposite? Some guys, eh, but all of a sudden, game time, and it goes up another level or two. It's a great question, Mark. It really it goes both ways. So you might have one perception or one thought about based on practice, and then you get into the game, and something happens either direction that causes you to say, all right, you know what, maybe let's go take another look at that or What's the reason? What's the rationale behind it? Is there something that we can do either to maximize our performance better in the practice field or look good in practice, didn't play as well in the game? Okay, what happened? What's the dynamic behind it? And see if we can come up with a solution as to how we can improve whatever has happened. So it happens all throughout the league. It'll certainly happen with some of our players. Really, some players, when they just have the opportunity to play, to get on the field, there's a certain comfort level. And there's been plenty of players throughout the course of, I would say, my years who have taken advantage of their opportunity. And you really want to let the competition play itself out and not have any predetermined notions about how you think it's going to go. Nick, at this time of year, imagine that more focused on the Texans, what the Texans are doing. But there is real football tonight, and it's a divisional opponent. Hey, will you, will you watch that at all or try and get anything from that at all or just watch the film later? Or is that something that... It's a first preseason game. Uh, not really paying attention to it. <laughs> probably a little bit of both. Um, probably have a personal vested interest in the game just relative to Josh and his opportunity. I think yeah, it's a yeah. really unique situation experience. Go back home. They spent the day at the Hall of Fame there the other yeah. day, so his Canton roots run really deep. So mm-hmm. probably more excitement and anticipation for really for Josh and you know Dave Ziegler and some of the guys that we had the opportunity to work with yeah. uh, together in New England. So – That'll be exciting from that perspective. It's always good to see football, and you're going to see kind of a pool of players that you're going to have to evaluate here during the course of the preseason. Uh, we know Jacksonville's an opponent, so trying to get an idea of maybe how things are organized a little bit and some of their personnel, you certainly start that process. So whatever information is available to us, we'll try to use it to the best of our ability. Nick, a lot of people are talking about the positive vibes at camp. And I know this is kind of hard to quantify, but Lovey Smith and his staff and the players, the fans and attendance, and it just seems to be a great environment. And the players are responding to it, the interaction with the fans. Can you speak to that at all and how that might be affecting the team, helping the team and the fan and team synergy, if you will? Yeah, no, I mean, look, we've had great support with the open practices. I think we've had full stands for, you know, the practices that um, have been been available to the public. So ultimately, we appreciate the support of the fans. I know Lovey's talked about their importance when we get into NRG. So it kind of all plays off one another. I think the most important thing is for our players is to have a good attitude, to have a good mindset, have a good work ethic, 
and have good execution. So good execution leads to good football. Good football leads to excitement. Mm -hmm. And that's where the fans can sort of interface a little bit more with the team. So it's great to interact with the fans. I've had the opportunity to go over there and just spend a little bit of time after practice. And they're very supportive and they're very excited. And, you know, it's our responsibility to try to, to give them a product that they can be excited to to watch during the course of the season. You signing some autographs going through? <laughs> I call that the gauntlet where you walk through. and, and the I fans. try to stay out of harm's way. Nobody really wants my autograph. Have you signed the red helmet yet? Uh, I think I've signed like one or two red helmets. Do you like so, it? Yeah. So, Do you no, like it? Yeah, it's 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 obviously there's gotten a lot of positive yeah. feedback. It yeah. sounds like so. I mean, who knew? So, I mean, who knew? Oh, I'm not a, a design questions aren't for me, so I'm not Mr. Fashion. <laughs> not at so all. I'll try to stay out of that. No. So. Okay. Yeah, but it's going to give you an energy boost. The red <laughs> helmet. All right, we reached that time of the program where I asked the <laughs> proverbial question about the rookies, but I think it's important, Nick, because in training camp, you might see a rookie on a day flash, and then I don't know, maybe he misses practice the next day for something. Maybe he's dinged up, whatever. It feels like the most successful rookies have been the ones that are just there every day because there's such an experience of being in an NFL practice and going through this process. The rookie group that you have now, what have you seen from them from that regard? Yeah, every day is an opportunity to get better. So if you approach it through that lens, I'd say for the most part, they've been on the field. They've been active participants. You know, we've had a player or two. We've had a manager a little bit. I mean, Tristan just started practicing yesterday. TQ's kind of been in and out. Um, and then there's been kind of a group of players that's been on the field every day. If you're on the field every day, then you have the opportunity to improve. You have the opportunity to get the reps. You have the opportunity to experience the play. You have the opportunity to watch yourself, what happened on the play, go back and study. So from that perspective, you know, it's, I'd say it's been fairly positive. I think the attitude of the group has been good. They work really hard. They say less and do more, which is something that you like to see, especially from younger players, understanding that they haven't experienced any of this on a lot of different levels. So they've embraced the program. They've embraced the competition. And they've embraced the challenge and the opportunity that comes along being out there day after day and being consistent with your performance. Because ultimately, consistency is what's going to win in this league. Well, last year you talked about we're building a program here. And the class you drafted last year, now they're in their sophomore season, so to speak, in this league and it seems like they're handling themselves very well what about them yeah i'd say all five of them have definitely improved relative to where they were called a year ago at this time so it speaks to their attitude it speaks to the work ethic it speaks to the work that they have put in, in the offseason program with you know mike eubanks and the sports performance group and staff and they've been available and they've been on the field they've reshaped their bodies they've gotten stronger they're more experienced they're, they have a routine that's been established and now they're able to go out there and just focus on playing football and improving, improving as a player. And and all five players you've seen kind of each day, I would say remnants and, you know, samples of that. So the goal is to continue to do that. And I think Nico mentioned something yesterday when he got asked a question. It's really about stacking good days on top of each other. Mm -hmm. And really, that's the most important thing. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Kind of live in the present. Focus on what you have to get accomplished that day. Then once you get through that day, kind of rewind what happened. All right, go to the next day and see if you can continue to make progress because that's how you're ultimately going to get better as a player. When you get done with practice, Nick, and you guys come off the field and you, you pull up your iPad or computer and you go to watch practice, are you looking through an evaluation lens? Are you looking through, because we know you got the coaching background too, you look at it through a coaching background, hey, they should have done this on this particular play. And how tough is that to be watching for an evaluation, but then you see something from an X and O standpoint, you're like, wait a second, we should have done this or they should have done that. How going through the film after you get through practice, how long does all that take and how do you kind of balance those two aspects? Yeah, no, it's it, it's really it's looking at everything. I mean, I'll watch every play, every drill, watch a kicking game, 
and just try to – you're looking at a number of different things. So we've run a lot of team plays. So when the team plays, you're looking at the actual play call. What's the call on offense? What's the call on defense? Do we execute the assignment? Are players in the right spot? If something is amiss, all right, what happened? Maybe making a little note. And then, you know, whether it's Pep or the coach or whomever, just say, hey, you know, what about – what happened on this play? What are your thoughts? Because sometimes – you make a judgment about what happened and you attribute, you know, to one player, it might be about another player. Right. So you just want to make sure you have the overall comprehensive understanding. So you're looking at it through that lens and then you're looking at it, I would say, from a competition standpoint. Like I'd say the punt return drill that, that uh, Frank and Sean did yesterday was a really good drill because you're able to see, I would say, a lot of different factors. Yeah. Engage blocks, defeat blocks, run. You see their short space quickness. You see the ability to get off blocks and play with power. They play with good body position. You see some speed, and you see the players that want to compete. I think, I mean, Frank was, I don't think he was more excited about practice than he oh, was all year. I mean, this he is, stopped me on the way that, over. That was like his favorite drill. So he yeah. stopped me on the way over, and he had a smile from ear to ear. And I was like, <clears throat> Caddy to Canary. And he's like, Hey, let me tell you what we're doing today. Practice, and like in thirty <laughs> seconds, he told me, and then he took off running like a four three forty just to go out to see. Well, that and drill. really, if you just think about the drill, so it was one on one punt return versus punt protection. So it really comes down to technique and does the player yeah. do it the right way. It's not about scheme, but ultimately, that's what football boils down to. Can you execute the fundamentals the proper way? Can you play with the right body position? Are right. your feet outside the framework? Do you have your hands inside? Do you play with knee bend? Can you get in a good position, um, trail technique position on a punt return? So you're looking at fundamentals, and it takes scheme out of it, which ultimately that's what kind of football boils down to. Boy, he's one of those guys I felt like Man. running through a brick wall after listening to him yesterday. <laughs> All you John Carroll guys, my goodness. Oh my they had a God. picture. John, it got retweeted on my timeline. There's like six of you from John Carroll. I'm like, man. One like, of them was a visitor, so he's yeah. not part of the program yeah. yet. So. I met one of your sports science guys in the hallway. He might have been new this year or something. What is the sports science department, those personnel members? Can you share with us some of the things they do? Yeah, it's a really an awesome group. Um, we've hired uh, some folks here over the spring. Um, you know, we brought some people on board here over the past two years. So they're looking at it just from a, I would say, a player performance perspective and looking at some of the volumes and some of the the speeds and some of the loads that take place during practice. And really they take that information and disseminate that disseminate it to, you know, myself to lovey. And so we can evaluate and it's really a, I would say a comprehensive approach and just a collaborative effort to make sure if maybe there's some things that we need to do in practice to modify or adjust, but they're kind of experts in their area. So we really lean on them and listen to their input and ultimately, you know, try to take, make, take the information and make the right decision. But have a lot of really, I'd say, gifted people, very skilled, very knowledgeable about their specific subject. How long did it take for you when you first start hearing about sports science and some of the things that, that the people in that realm were talking about for you to not go, ah, come on, it's football. How long did it kind of take you to get over <laughs> that sort of hurdle? Because I would imagine there are going to be a lot of skeptics that are like, wait a second, we got this. We practice, we're fine. How long did it kind of take you to get over that hurdle? Yeah, no, I mean, really, it's just, the sport has evolved in that area, and I think the more progressive you are in your thought process, the better. And I think a lot of it is about education and just understanding some of the dynamics that go into it. So I'd say from a personal perspective, it was educating myself so you can ask the right questions and not really jump to any sort of conclusion. So there's a lot of data and information that's available, and our job is to try to use it to the best of our ability to make the right decision for the team. Nick, how much water should I drink before I go out to the field in the morning? And should I have salt in it or something? What do I do here? Yeah, well, if you're going to sweat and you're going to lose a lot, then mm -hmm. you should probably have some 
type of electrolyte mm-hmm. or, you know, I, I can't show it here, but, you yeah. know, I have some electrolytes or some yeah. things that I drink before practice. But staying hydrate, hi- hydrated is important mm-hmm. um, because of how the body responds, especially in our, our weather, is important. And it, it's, it's we're kind of laughing, but all of this is really related. Yes. It, right. it, and it factors in the overall performance of the player on the field. So our job is to educate them on to, as to why this is important, not drink a bunch of water because, you know, we're going to yeah. try to – there's actually a science and data that suggests if you do these things, your body's going to be adequately prepared. And then uh, as well, after practice, here are the things that you have to do to help aid in your recovery. I bet those boys at Junction would have liked for Bear Bryant to get that information from the sports. No, how about the Lux member we had who was coached by Lovey Smith yeah. and Big Sandy? And he wouldn't he even was saying, you guys don't need water. Yeah, you need to play Lovey harder. Lovey was Bear Bryant back in the day, Nick. Uh, <laughs> we have a lot of old school people in football, yeah. but yes. uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Very much. I mentioned the, the Hall of Fame game, Nick, and I was thinking about this driving up. I've never been to Hall of Fame. I, I would love to go one day and hopefully go one day. You've been around a lot of Hall of Fame well, personnel, players, coaches, whatever the case might be. Has there ever been a moment where you're like, whoa, I just met such and such? Because you've been around him, and at some point, you don't take it for granted, but, I mean, heck, you're around Tom Brady almost every single day. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. But was there ever a kind of Hall of Fame, somebody that went into Hall of Fame at some point where you're like, wow, that was really cool. I just met X. Yeah, no, I've had the good fortune of being around a lot of good players. Um, I think one thing that we actually did, uh, we actually made a trip to uh, the Football Hall of Fame. Uh, I forget what year it was. And I think just that overall experience kind of puts in perspective, let's say, the, the level of greatness and the standard of excellence that is required to be really great in this league. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say that experience more than anything else. Because yeah. when you're around players and team and different people, you try not to get too caught up in that because ultimately right. we're working together and trying to put together a you know, good product on the field. So you know, fortunate to have been able to be around a lot of good players over the course of my 20-some-odd years in the league. But I'd say when you walk into the Hall of Fame and you see some of those busts, mm-hmm. and you go, wow, I mean, holy cow. I mean, we actually, um, you know, Bill had a really good, has a really good relationship with Jim Brown. Um, I'll never forget the, the first time that Jim kind of came out to one of our practices. I can't remember if it was at the Super Bowl or wherever it was, but I would say his presence and demeanor, yeah. I mean, when he walks in, you're going, whoa. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this guy was a badass, yeah. yeah, but he's very dignified and, you know, he's just got a presence about him. So when I was, you know, at the time, I forget, how, I wasn't in the league for that long, but going, wow, this guy, like, is pretty impressive. Jim Brown. Yes. It's always the people, am I right, that you were fan, a fan of before you got into the business that strike you the most in a way, right? Yeah, you're because when you're growing struck. up as a kid, you're watching. And that, look, Jim Brown, like I was, I wasn't even a thought at right, that time. Right. But then you go back and you see some of the highlights. The you're legend. Going, Holy cow. And then I would say from Jim's perspective, I'd say the impact that he had on the game in a short period of time and then what he's done off the field in his kind of post-football career, mm-hmm. I would say, speaks volume to who he is just as a human being. Is Otto we, Graham the most underrated old-time quarterback in NFL history, maybe? Uh, it's probably, <laughs> are we going to have like another draft like we did like last <laughs> yeah. season? So. Yeah, we'll do that another time. <laughs> I like Otto. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate the time and uh, looking forward to the rest of the practices. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.